to the weekly dish on my talk 1071 it's the thanksgiving show it kind of is it's like the last show i was thinking like okay do i have all the recipes that i want to talk about have i posted all the stuff yeah. it is like the last before the feast yeah no this is the pre-feast show this is the one where we will take your calls lexi sorry we're gonna take your calls all show the entire show the phone lines are gonna be open 651-641-1071 we'll take you as we can we do have some guests we do have lots of topics but we are ready and, and willing to be here to give you guys advice to give you guys tips to give you some help or to just kind of inspire and we hope that you inspire us too yes because i don't know if you saw the slumptastic situation of my first pie crust. You're, you've made pie crust before. Of course. But this was my first Thanksgiving pie. Oh. I have three to make. Oh. And I had to par-bake a crust. Stephanie, <laughs> it was the saddest, slumpiest. Was it like... Really? Like it just... All the sides fell down. It almost looked like a galette. <laughs> oh, I love a galette. <laughs> Wait, it was, it was slumpy? I probably should have... Because I just threw it out. I probably should have actually like finished the crust yeah. and made a galette. You should have. Yeah, but so no. So was it like falling down into oh, the yes. pan? Slumping down. You know how I had the sides all built up? Yeah. Slumped down, puffing. I just... Did you, not put, did you put pie weights no. on it? I, I like lost my mind. I oh. was in a hurry. Oh. I was so concerned about getting the pie done because I had to let it set up overnight. The whole thing was just a disaster. But it reminded me of all my good pie tips that I did not follow myself. Isn't that the way? Isn't that the way? Doctor, yes. heal thyself. Yep. Seriously. So wow. we're okay. just going to talk a little bit of desserts and pie, I guess. Is it time? Yeah. For what? Uh... <laughs> well, I think there's a lot that we're talking about yeah. today. We've got, you know, we've definitely got wine. We're going to talk about, you want to talk a little bit about some punch stuff. Can we talk about Ina Garten for a second? How were she's you everywhere? In the zeitgeist on that. So she obviously has a new book, which is great. Oh, is that a new what cookbook. it is? Yep. Okay. But they challenged, the New York Times challenged her to go into the grocery store and buy like pre-made stuff. Yeah. And try to make like a good Thanksgiving. Oh. And in true Ina Garten fashion, which is honestly why I am just in love with the woman. Right. She was like, oh, like this is pretty good. Like this is almost as good as my cookbook recipe. She like loved a pre-bought crust for pie. She was like, yes, these pre-bought crust friends are very good. You should use them. Yeah. Like, don't bother. Just do it. Why? Her, um, she made like a sweet potato thing and she would, she did, she was searching for boxed mashed potatoes. She didn't quite get to the ones that she thought were worth, but she, and she did buy store-bought gravy, which she just thought was terrible. Oh, she did. But she's like, store-bought stock? Yes, do that. Like, you don't, you don't need to make stock. Just buy the store-bought stuff. So it was a very funny, 
Ina's reckoning of how a normal person probably cooks a Thanksgiving and gets all these little helpers and hacks. Yeah, right. But it was fun. She was she's very everywhere, though. It. I mean, like she's the, she's on the cover of the Food Network magazine. Mm-hmm. She's got a massive spread in Bon Appetit. I yeah. think she was on sixty Minutes a couple weeks ago. She's, I don't know if we ever posted that, but if I find it, I will. It made me cry. It was wonderful. Oh, was it? And she's just, I guess there. I guess she's becoming the new queen of Thanksgiving. I mean, like Martha used to be a long, long time ago, but she's. But Ina is a little bit more boozy and a little bit more fun. I think a little bit more relaxed. I think too. It's just like the area of where we are. Like we went from right before the pandemic. I don't know if we were talking about like these elevated dinner parties and Mm. and then the pandemic came and everyone was just like back in their jammies at home with their Uggs on. Yeah. And now we're kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely think that that's what that's her vibe is the boozy. The giant cosmopolitan is what we'll always think of, you know, Ina as. And I think she's just sort of given, you know, that sort of like relaxed vibe that I think most people just really, really hearken to when it comes to the holiday. So, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of exciting. I, I I love it that she's around. I'm not a like I don't use really any of her recipes. I'm not like oh this is an Ina recipe that I use. But I've never been like attached to her in any way. But I appreciate that she's out and about oh. doing stuff. So, um, I did get a message from one of our uh our fans, uh, Vintage Dish and Tell on Instagram, who's a great follow by the way. Yeah, totally follower. She's got. I just wanted you to know she's got a very cool little Thanksgiving meal planner. A little page that you can download, which shows you like it says, you know, it's got like it just says it's got the Thanksgiving 2002 on top. And then it says like it has a list of the people who are coming, you know, maybe the main dish, the things you want to do, the appetizers, you know, just lists of things. I like it because you you always make a list. Right. And she was saying how (laughs) she knows that I love to do that. So and I definitely have uh, mine starts as a Google Doc, but then on the day of it becomes the parchment plan. So I am uh, in a predicament of a traveler. Because I am traveling and I am bringing pies traveling. I am bringing a large, uh, very ill-mannered dog traveling. And I'm also doing Instant Pot mashed potatoes traveling. Oh. So I'm like, do I make the Instant Pot potatoes the night before and just keep them in the pot? I think so. Because I really could. I think so. And we'll probably eat at like one o'clock on Thursday and, and I'm traveling, leaving Wednesday night. You're just driving. Yeah. Okay. Which is good because at least you don't, I mean like traveling, at least you don't have to pack things into a plane or anything. You're just no. basically putting in your car and Staying going. in a hotel room though. So Great. then I was like, okay, I could make the instant you mashed could potatoes make them in, in the, the hotel, hotel room, room, which would also be fine what that morning. Oh my um, God. There's babies involved, like yeah. a lot of baby holding. Yeah. So I'm so just... You, Wanting to hold babies for a solid 24 hours. Yes. Okay. You're going to totally be totally got that maternal thing going so much. I am. I was I was I was told that um, I need to um, be more part of the conversation. (laughs) So I was told. What does that mean? My mom was like, "Um, you need to make it so that you're not in the kitchen the entire time. And I was like, okay. Heard. Good advice. Heard. Good advice. So I, uh, so I am plotting to do a little bit more pre do ahead cooking than I have ever done before. And you know, granted, last year was the first year in that kitchen, and so we didn't know. Yeah, you know, I had no idea what it was going to look like or how we were going to do things and how it was going to flow. So, and that's a thing that pretty much precipitated me needing to be in the kitchen the entire time, and so I ignored everybody else. And so, and that, and I mean, everyone's around. It's not like my kitchen is off in another wing of the house. You know, there's not that much space in my little house. But I think that it was the idea that I wasn't able to sort of cocktail and converse, con- you know, convert, converse. Hello. So I am working a little harder to do a little bit of pre pre stuff. So dress or uh, tr- uh, gravy. 
I know. I'm going to do the gravy. It's real easy. Well, here's the deal. I'm going to cone feet the, the, du- or the duck legs, the turkey legs. And I'm going to do that on Wednesday. Because okay. they're better the day after if you cone feet. So I'm going to do that. Oh, this has me just, I'm getting the hives listening to you. Listen, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do, I know. It's going to be, it's going to be. I don't know. It's going to be amazing. Should we, run the win- Should we run it down? Do you want to hear? Do we have time? Yeah. Okay. I'm, do you want me to run down exactly what it sure. is? Because it's going to either be like amazing. I know. Yeah. Or an epic failure. I think. Oh, always, always. This is how this goes. <laughs> All right. Here's what I got. Ready? So this is the plan. This is not set in stone because I still have. I mean, I still have to have Joey weigh in on a few things. So pregame, we are doing. Uh, I went and ordered oysters and nice. crab claws from Coastal Seafood. Picking those up on Wednesday. Nice. And that's, we're just going to have by the fire pit, we're going to do seafood because it's also lighter than you don't fill up. No bread, yeah. no cheese, nah, yeah. none. Um, and then there's t- the turkey is two, like I said, it's two 10 pound birds. We're going to cross feed the duck blades, spatchcock, and yep. do the breast the second day, dry brine. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Garlic mashed potatoes with the miso, the miso butter in there. That's the bon appetit. I put that on my stories. Okay. I'm going to do the broccoli alley goat. I'm going to do that weird green. Cheesy broccoli thing, and I'm going to report back on that, you guys. That's going to be the most risky. Risky. Yep, I can already see risk written see all over that. Totally. Cranberry jello. I'm doing you, jello mold. You can do that ahead. I'm doing the jello mold. And I can it'll do be that good. ahead. Yep. And I'm going to um, I'm gonna put in a bun pan. I was looking for a smaller bun, but I'm going to stick with my mediums. Um, Joe is doing bread. I'm not sure what he's doing. Squash. We're still a little bit. We're doing delicata, probably with blue cheese and sage, because it's a standard and it's Fine. lovely. Um, Brussels. You could do that ahead. Yeah, no, that's okay. They could be at room temperature. They're so easy to. That's an easy okay. one. I'm but gonna cut them ahead. Space? Yeah, I'm gonna cut them ahead, and then it, that that to me is one of the easier ones. Uh, Brussels doing the shred. We're doing shredded Brussels this year, probably with uh, chili crisp and a little bit of uh, longanisa sausage in there. Yum. So spicy with a little bit of pork. Make and, sure to hit it with lime before you serve it. That's a good idea. Well, I mean, they're gonna. No, I mean it's cooked. It's like it's like a hash. Oh, got it. Yeah, got it's it. a hash. Uh, and then this is the biggest one, you guys, is the carrots. I don't know what we're going to do with the carrots. Maybe it's going to be, I, we had someone, our listener had said carrot souffle and I was looking up carrot souffles and that was too much for me. So it's carrot and leek, maybe a carrot and leek Wellington, which sounds crazy. Carrot soup, maybe. What if the carrots are pickled or should I do air fryer carrots with Moroccan spices? This is the question Mm. I'm putting to you right now because we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're just going to continue. Actually, first, before we get back to more Feast Talk, we are going to talk to Chris Foster, who is our wine guy, who brought us the Emily. So he's going to give us some hot tips. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to keep going with that Thanksgiving show, everybody. We'll be right back. 651-641-1071 if you want to ask questions throughout the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us on this pre-Thanksgiving show. We are so excited to have Mr. Chris Foster join us. Are you here, Chris? Foster, are you there? Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. How are you? Oh, it's nice to hear your voice. I'm doing well. It's chilly, but I, uh, I'm i somewhere warm, so that's all right. That's nice. all that matters. That's all that matters. You guys, Chris Foster is the chief man behind the Libation Project, uh, a local wine company. And um, you guys, he is solely responsible for introducing us to the Emily. And that happens to be our wine of choice for Thanksgiving, which is why I wanted to have you on, because maybe we should change it up, Chris. Maybe we should maybe we should it, have some new been, ideas, huh? And since you're yeah, the source. It's been, it's, been qu- it's been quite a run with the Emily. And it my, been. Uh, it's my, I guess it's my, my greatest claim to fame is... Steph March, uh, like, uh, anointing the Emily, the wine of Thanksgiving. It is. And, uh, it is massive. single-handedly made that wine a force in the 
Twin Cities Wine Market. So I mean, I'm very appreciative. But I think we could spread our uh, spread our wings a little bit. Let's spread our wings. So talk to me about what you're excited about this for the feast. Oh, gosh. Well, I heard your menu. I uh, What time should I be there? What time you want to come over? It's at 6. You know where I live. <laughs> yeah, oysters by the fire sounds fantastic. Doesn't that sound great? That's going to um, be preted with some scotch, just so you know. So. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, I, I think, you know, uh, in my world and with my family, it's usually been a pretty traditional Thanksgiving feast, yeah. which is um, obviously a plethora of offerings. So I think the name of the game when it comes to wine pairings for Thanksgiving is versatility in uh, in, in your wine selections. I guess first and foremost, drink what you like, right? Okay, thank you. It does, it does, if you love it, drink it. Yeah. That's but kind of the thing, right? looking... Yeah, for sure. But if you are looking for, you know, selections that fit well with a traditional or non-traditional Thanksgiving feast, I think it's just looking for wines that are versatile in their ability to pair. So a couple things that I like to look for in in my wines that I open on Thanksgiving are um, kind of intensity in flavor, mm-hmm. but restraint when it comes to kind of the makeup that some wines see in terms of oak aging or heavy extraction or um, you know, just big cannon structure, like really grippy wines. Yep. I think you want wines that have great acidity, great freshness, um, just really clean, uh, refreshing, palate cleansing. And, you know, the ideal dance here is that sip of wine wants you having, uh, wants you to have that next bite of food. And that bite of food wants you to get back to that next sip of wine. Yeah. So finding a, a wine that fits that motif is, is kind of the way to roll. That dance between food and wine is really what you're looking for. You know, it doesn't have to be. And there's yeah. no rules as far as, you know, people are like, well, it's turkey, so I should have a white wine. And I'm always like, but dude, I have like serious spiced yams and I've got sweet, right. but, you know, I've got so many other things that I would never just say, oh, it's turkey, so it's white. It's not just the protein people. You know what I mean? For, for sure. For sure. So I, it does allow you to kind of run the gamut from, you know, bright, fresh white wines into like your lighter flavorful, like very fruit forward reds and even into like some fuller body red wines. Yeah. Again, I just would stay away from wines that are super heavy and in those grippy tannins that kind of to- coat your tongue and teeth. You know, like Cabernet Sauvignon is, you know, wonderful with, you know, maybe that holiday roast, but with the, your traditional maybe turkey dinner, it, it may kind of overpower a lot of the flavors of, that are on the table. So finding wines that have bright, fresh red fruits, you know, uh, classic pairing. Obviously, it was just Nouveau Day, so the Beaujolais Nouveau came out on Wednesday, and that's been kind of a traditional classic pairing around this time of year. But, you know, the Cru Beaujolais, the, the grape there is Gamay. Yeah. Just snappy acidity, like those tart strawberry and raspberry fruits, I think are fantastic. You know, Willamette Valley Pinot Noir, they had a really difficult 2020 vintage with fires raging and smoke taint and they lost most of their fruit, but the 2021s are starting to uh, roll out, and they're delicious and fantastic, and it's good to be able to support them again. So yeah, that's a great a one. A great bottle of Willamette Valley Pinot Noir, I think, is a great choice. Okay. If you are thinking if you are thinking white wine, which is still a wonderful choice, I, I like wines that have a little bit of a nice textural component, mm-hmm. but still have bright acidity. So um, one wine that I love right now that I'd love to put on your radar is called the Big Salt, and oh. it's from uh, our good friend's john and senya house and they uh they make wine in the pacific northwest oh yeah so they're sourcing a variety of aromatic white varietals like riesling and gewürztraminer and muscat and they're co-fermenting these grapes together Ooh. to kind of bring out the the best of all of these grapes that what they have to offer is yeah pretty aromatics exotic fruits 
natural minerality, great acidity, and then just a fun textural aspect on the palate. So enough weight to hold up to your your spicy yams. Oh my gosh! What is so? It's what it's called. Big salt. Big salt. Okay, oh I feel like that could be right up our alley. That sounds like a winner to me. Now, is that a uh, thing? I'll, I'll drop a bottle by. Okay, yeah, definitely put it on my doorstep there, guy. Um, where? <laughs> so, but that's available around town. We could find it, you know, in, in various places. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, the world that we live in uh, for the Libation Project is a lot of our great independent retail retail accounts and independent restaurants. Right. Um, as well as some of the municipals, but... Um, yeah, we you know the big salt we get is relatively small production, so okay. we get a pretty limited uh, allocation, but we spread it around pretty uh, liberally. So you'll you should be able to find it. I'm actually pouring uh, companion wine to that today down in South Minneapolis at France 44 called Old Love, which is basically the same recipe in terms of grape varietals, but they age the wine a little bit longer and in a variety of different vessels like amphora and acacia wood, and oh. it just gives the wine a little bit more texture and body. So kind of a little fun side-by-side, side, a glass of big salt and old love. Those oh, are, God, I love uh, that. That's perfect. And yang. Okay. Now, let me ask you this, because uh, Hanson and I were just talking about doing about bubbles, you know, and having like a bubbles to start is something kind of good, but not just even Champs bubbles, you know, just like, because mm-hmm. I know like sometimes just even like a Vino Verde with a little, little, you know, little effervescence to it is kind of fun. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations for, sure. for someone who wants a sparkle? Yeah, well, I, I I love all things that sparkle for sure. Yeah. Um, you, it's hard to go wrong. Um, I love kind of the, um, well, you know, the traditional um, kind of method champenois sparkling, which you refer to like traditional French champagne, but some of the cremants, which are, are wines made in that same traditional method, but are sourced from other zones around France, um, like the cremant de juras that are available in town, I think are some of the best value for price Agreed. sparklings out there. Um, we work with a producer named uh, Clavelin, and they have a Cremant de Jura called Brut Comte, okay. 100% Chardonnay. It's got a little like of that nutty, oxidized characteristic yes. up front. It's got a lot of texture and body, um, and it's really clean on the finish. It's nice and dry. Um, those oysters, fireside, and a glass of that is That's gonna be good. pretty ideal. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm going to get some a good, of that. A good, good way to roll. We've talked, to, obviously... In the past, about Piazza Grande, one of our little lighter skin, lighter hued uh, rose lambruscos that's yep. made in a little different method. It's called the Charmant method. Yep. And in that case, the, the bubbles are fermented in a large pressurized tank. So the bubbles are a little bit more what we call frizzante, semi sparkling, a little frothier on the palate. Yes. That's how Prosecco is made. So a little bit more fruit forward, like fun and frivolous. So I think a wine like that is an ideal pairing both to start the meal and throughout the meal because you get some nice red fruit. You get good acidity, but you get like nice softness. It's not austere on the palate. It's really inviting, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun to drink. I've been banned from having any more uh, Piazza Grande at Thanksgiving because I am <laughs> <laughs> because I drink it like water, and then all of a sudden, um, someone forgets to make the sweet potatoes. So there it is. All right, Foster, <laughs> you are I, you're, you're at oh, France 44. If people want to come see you today. Yeah, I'll be there one to six. So there's a uh, uh, go support your independent. Uh, uh, Definitely. Retailers and your your local distributors they're they're scattered about uh, pouring wines all, all weekend. I'll be at France 44 one six. Awesome, thanks. Anyone who wants to stop by. Awesome, thanks, thanks Chris. All right, well that was good to get some new wine recommendations. Yeah, I love that, and I loved it's so old salt. Or I'm sorry, big salt and old love are both from the Ovum O V U M uh, winery. If you want to look that up.
Cute um, little bottles, too. Yeah, Stephanie looked them up and really liked the way that they looked. It was <laughs> Which means they're probably be on my table. So, And it's, yeah. it's like about 25 bucks a bottle. You know what I mean? So it's like not... Not, it's not going to kill you, and it's uh, a little bit more than, you know. I mean, I'm just excited about that. Yes. Uh, okay, so I am getting ready. I'm just, I'm looking at my calendar here. Blah, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. This week, uh, I've got a segment coming with Jason's show on Wednesday before I head out of town. And it'll be like the day before the holiday. So oh, okay. I just want to do a little uh, polling. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Do you think it's weird if I do <laughs> Uh-oh. a whole segment about folding napkins? Yes, I do think that's weird. I think I'm going to do well, it Well, anyway, here's the deal. Though. Here's the deal. No, it's not weird. There's, there's entire like, books written about yes! it. I mean, actually, there's a lot of things about it. And that's a it's a thing for some people. <laughs> Mostly older ladies, but that's well, fine. Well, then I fit right in. It's totally fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you. well, it's only a 10-minute segment, right? It's not even. Okay. There's just, I, and I'm going to probably do something with flowers, too. Yeah, table set. You're sablescaping is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, a little bit. Because okay. I feel like, I feel like the Thanksgiving table and the Christmas table, too, but, or holiday table, like, you really get an opportunity to kind of shine. You do. It's hard. It is. Unless you're doing buffet style. Well, what do you, I mean, here's the thing. Can I be, can I, here's a question for me and maybe sure. this can play into your sure. segment, but like. We're, we're, this is called workshopping. Workshopping. We're workshopping, we're workshopping. my Wednesday segment. But my biggest challenge is, yes, I am a person who wants to have a pretty table, but then I'm also very, is it, it's function over fashion because I need to have room. I always I always cram as many people as I can. So if I have 12 people around my table, I don't have room to have all this crazy, floofy stuff. So then you have to go to the sideboard, right? Like you have to have yes. like a credenza or a sideboard or a buffet table where you pick up your things. Yes. But at the same time, you're still going to have plates and glasses and everything else. I just think like, who really has room for all that? Besides our friend Heather Manley, who has Listen, the she, largest, most giant table ever. Right. And she they built their house for these things, for entertaining in these feasts. And, and these perfect. tables are large, so she's always got plenty of room. And she she sets a table like nobody I've ever seen. Like even in magazines, I think uh, Heather's tables are even that much better. Okay, but think about it this way. Like just think small pumpkins. Those little like pumpkins. Yeah. You can paint them. You can spray them. You can just cluster them. That's yeah. kind of cute and easy. Yeah. And doesn't have to be like super high maintenance. Think texture. It's it's for me. It's not so much that it's the room and this and like also like I gotta get a gravy boat. Have? I gotta have a butter dish. Sure. I gotta have salt and pepper. I gotta have wine glasses, water glasses. You gotta have a bread plate and a main plate. And usually How, you would put the bread on the table too, and then all the hots and everything else are on the sideboard. In your stack of dishware, how many pieces of dishes do you have? Do you just have a main plate? Do you have a main plate and a See, salad plate? No, because I always have the turkey plate. You know, I have the pink turkey plate, which is the vintage. Remember, I, there's been pictures of that around. Oh yeah, I forgot Remember you that? have those. So yes. those, and I usually that's just usually your plate. You yeah, know what I mean? Because you don't want to cover those up with anything. Yeah, else. and I would put those on top of another thing, but then what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think I'm going to do napkins and flowers then. I think you should. And I think you should talk about candles, too. And you should talk about mm. don't make stinky candles at your Thanksgiving table. Don't buy. Do people put stinky tan- Well, they just go and they get their scented candles table? because they always buy those. And then you're like, but don't battle your food. Yeah, no, That's a tip. no, no. And I will say, and this is like, I can't even believe I'm saying it out loud because you're just going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe she just said that. But 
I spent a lot of time at Bachman's doing cookbook uh, signings, and I have another one coming up on the 1st of December. They have all their holiday inspiration tables set. Mm-hmm. And you can do a lot with the battery-operated oh, fake candles. I'm fine with those. I'm actually fine with those. Because then you don't have like people reaching over things, Listen, starting their sleeves on fire. I just went to the Botticelli you know, dinner at the at Mia. You yes. Know, and the tablescaping by uh I think it's it's by Jason of Warming House. It his he used candles that were obviously we're in a museum. They're not gonna let us light actual right. candles. Um but it was lovely. It, yeah. it was it you just can really... I thought if Mia is gonna allow, is gonna have, you know, uh you know, battery operated flicker candles, we can too. And you can kind of get like a high low lighting situation yeah. with those. And that way uh, also too, one thing I do like is, you know, we all tend at least I tend to buy kind of like, you know, big round like pedestal candles you know and then but the tapers this feels like i would love to have these long yeah, tapers i like long ones and you don't i just don't buy those very often and Here's so this the other is a, thing this is what i would use it for they also the long tapers like unless you get the exact right kind i know they drip oh so they, then they you have drip. dripping I, on your beautiful runners or your beautiful yeah, linens i do and how do you do you have any any tech on cleaning wax off of your runners yeah you have to just like pick it oh is that but it's i have black I, of course, I lit up black candles on a white runner. Oh, okay. Over. So you pick it, and then what you do is you have an alcohol, um, vinegar, alcohol or vinegar spray in a bottle. Okay. And you spray it, and then you take a toothbrush and you okay. Do I have that to do that until you get it off. That's what I'm doing today. And you probably have to do it multiple times. Oh crap. Okay. But you'll you'll get there. Mm-hmm. This is I'm giving Patrick Leahy laundry man advice. Okay. Um. All right. So. I, I knew the holiday table talk would be a little controversial. Well, I mean, I just think you have to think about it in terms of, uh, and also, I think it would be fun if you did this too. If you really did like, what do you do for a small table versus a big table? Because, you know, you and I are like hosts of the most and we do like 12 people, yep. but like, it'd be cool. I just met this woman last night and she was talking about, it's just her and her husband and her parents. And so like a little four square, I think it'd be fun for you to like, how do you zhuzh up a four square? It's all bringing me back to the napkins, friend. It is. That's it is okay because too. the napkins are functional. Mm-hmm. They're not extra. They're not like taking up space where you need other things. Again, we were just confirmed. We have okay. totally workshopped we my totally napkin workshop your neg- napkin segment. Okay. Can we talk about napkin rings quickly? Do you employ those or not? Are you just doing folds? I, I have both. I do both in this particular event. I really feel rosemary and sage bundles and things that speak of the Thanksgiving meal. Yeah. So I would not be doing a ring in this instance, but I do have an, an idea for a napkin ring situation that okay. I'm going to show. Well, and for me, the ring thing I love. In fact, uh, my our friend, Nicole Crowder, who, you know, is uh, kind of a editor at large at Minneapolis, St. Paul magazine, mm-hmm. home magazine, MSP mag home. And she does, she creates this beautiful, she creates beautiful furniture, but she creates, she has just created this line of napkin rings. That would be the reason that I buy napkin rings. Okay. You know what I mean? They're architectural, they're wood, they're carved. They're just supple and gorgeous. But here's the thing with the feast. Like I would do that for dinner party, but for the feast now I'm like, well, now I have another thing. Yes. Sitting on the yes. table. <clears throat> and I think you, during this particular meal, we really highlight the thyme, the rosemary, the sage, like all of those herbs come in throughout the meal. Yeah. So why not use those in a special way? Right. So that's what I'm going to focus on. And one more thing I'll let you know is the thing that one of the most fun things that we used to do when we had a different table was we put the um, 
we put the craft paper down. Yes. And then we taped that down. And so that was our runner. And that way you don't care if you spill on it because you throw it away. You know, so you put the big brown craft paper down and then you can write on it and everyone can put their own little thanks on it and stuff. And Well, and that actually is a really cute idea because I like to do what are you thankful for? Yeah. At the table. Yeah, we do. So too. Yeah. we can write that down and then you save it. Yeah. Let's see. No, you we don't just s- workshop the whole segment. I company. would say I would say don't say don't plan on saving that table, but you at can least take a picture of it. Yes. Yeah. But don't, that's going to get cranberry sauce on it, which is and, kind of fun. I know. All right. Uh, another thing to think about, and I did a segment yesterday. I have two ideas here. One is, you know, you need to have a signature cocktail when people walk in the door. And I really don't feel like Thanksgiving is necessarily the bubbles time. I kind of reserve that for Christmas time sure. or holiday season. So I made a great uh, pomegranate punch and you can serve it with liquor or not. So kids can get involved. People that don't want to drink can get involved and not feel all weird. Yeah. It's very festive looking. Yeah. Also, like consider, and I do have a recipe for this too, an apple sangria. So again, something yeah. that looks super pretty, full of fruit, very autumnal, but is lighter, not going to just like totally weigh you down like an old fashioned might as you're walking in the door. Something a little more effervescent. And also some of these meals happen in the midday. Like they happen at the one, two, three o'clock time frame. Yeah. So sometimes I think a sangria or a punch or something that's a little more festive kind of fits into that space. Right. So I've got some good recipes for those. Um, and again, at our house, we always had catawba juice, which was like the fake um, sure. champagne grape juice. I think Not if you just, yeah, I think if you just put a little teeny tiny bit of effort into the display of it, you can really amp it up and make it look super fancy. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, oh, and there's one other thing, too. If I have little kids, and I actually do have a little kid this year, so I might do this. Have you ever seen the um, their paper bag turkeys filled with popcorn? Yes. So you carve them, and then there's popcorn inside? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's real cute. I might throw that on there, That's too. a good idea. All right. So thank you. Okay. You helped me workshop the are. holiday table. I'm here for the Jason show, apparently. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, I'm doing a lot of segments, so I'm trying to keep them all straight. That's all okay. good. Wednesday, that will be the day before. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. It's the Ask Stephanie, 651-641-1071. We are taking your questions live on the air. Call us now. Bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. This is the po- the pre-feast show. We are doing all things Thanksgiving today. If you want to give us a call, 651-641-1071. The phone lines are open, and we have a few people on the line. We're going to start with Carol. Carol, how are you doing today? Carol, are you there? Hi, yes, I am. How is it going today? What's up with you? Well, I'm doing my first Thanksgiving dinner tonight, first of three. Good. But I'm, <laughs> I'm cooking just two turkey legs for myself and my boyfriend. Oh, gosh. That's so pretty great. What, what's your recommendation? Well, so did you, you bought the big legs just separately. You don't have any of the rest of the bird, right? So they've all been trimmed Correct. and it's perfect. Yes. Well, and so if you have, well, I mean, you can definitely do a braise and do a cup, you know, like get them into the oven and do like a a good braise on them for a couple of hours. I think the confit, which is what I'm going to be doing on the leg, is going to be a little bit longer. It takes a little bit more time. But there is a a turkey confit recipe on the New York Times website by Mark Bittman, and it's a three-hour situation that could be pretty great. Cool. Okay. And uh, what do you think? It. Is there and otherwise you could and you I literally would grill them. you oh you would grill them? I would. I I think well, I, I would. Have, I, I don't have a grill. Okay, so that's not. Uh, then I probably would roast in a 
in a pan on top of dressing that I just threw together with breadcrumb or excuse me, chunks of bread, some onions, maybe some mushrooms if I had them. I'd put a little sage, a little thyme, a little rosemary. I would moisten it with uh, stock and I would roast those legs right on top. Okay, so then my last question is, what temperature do I take them out at? Like, they, they continue to warm up after you take them out, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, turkey is, oh, God, is it 165? I think, I think so, it is. It's 160, yeah. 165, right? But, I mean, the the and, and the legs are a little bit, and you have to think about the bones and everything else. The legs are dark else. meat, so... If I were you, I would cook them to 165 and I wouldn't worry about it. 165, they're going to be plenty done. If they come up 10 degrees, so what? You're going to cook the crap out of these things. Yeah. One thing I would would make sure that you do is get them into, if you have them in a fridge or whatever right now, get them into some sort of a, no, no, get them into, I mean, get them marinating in something, whether that's garlic and pepper and herbs and stuff, just get something on them for at least a couple hours before you cook them. Like a brine? Yeah, or? not a, yeah, not, not a brine so much as like a marinade, if you will. You know, like salt, pepper, okay. herbs, garlic, that kind of stuff. Cool. Okay. And I have my dressing already made. It's in the fridge. Great. So I should lay that down first and then put the legs on top of it? Yeah. Yep. And you're going to have cool. to keep checking it because the dressing's going to dry out if the legs aren't giving up enough fat. So if it looks like it's too brown or it's drying out, just put more stock in there and then put a little tinfoil over the top and you'll be good. Okay, and the legs are probably going to take like about an hour. I don't know exactly. It depends it on depends how big on they the are. Size. Yeah, just keep okay. checking them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, you guys. I All love right. you. Thanks, Carol. All right, we have Jean on the line. Jean, you want to talk about pies today? I do. First of all, love you both. Thank oh. you so much, always for your show. Oh, thanks. Um, this is a question from my sister in Michigan who texted me this morning. How far in advance can I make my pumpkin and pecan? I told her pumpkin only the day before, pecan maybe two days before, wrap it and keep it someplace cool. Yeah. yeah. Agree, disagree, yeah. discuss. You I agree, <laughs> but you can also, like, I've made the crusts now ahead, and then I'll be filling them and baking them the day before. Okay. Um, but yes, you can. Pumpkin is, you can get it the day before and it'll set up. Pecan, you can do two or three days. Yeah, two or three days. That okay. thing is pretty solid on the top, and the crust is pretty dry, and you're really going for that jellyish filling by the time you cut into it. Yeah, I think that's a good advice. Thanks, ladies. Happy feast. You yes, happy you. feast, and don't have crust slump, you know. Okay. <laughs> Not everyone is battling slump, oh, I think. I'm over it now. You're over I've, it. I fixed it. Okay, we also have Suniva on the line. Suniva, you have a question about an electric roaster? Um, I was calling in with a tip. Okay, good. Uh, in 2020, I was making a whole Thanksgiving dinner for some friends of ours who had a family member who was dying of cancer. And I thought, how am I going to get a hot turkey dinner over to them, you know, to be their Thanksgiving dinner? So I bought an electric roaster, like 35 bucks on sale at Target. Yeah. This thing changed my life. Oh. <laughs> it makes the best turkey I've ever had. <gasps> it cooks so fast. You must have an electric meat thermometer that you can leave in there and be able to read from the outside. Uh-huh. So that's key. But then you never have to lift that lid. It is self-basting. I love it. Because of the lid, it makes the most moist turkey. It gets done quickly. 
And then if you want, you can just pull that turkey out of there and then add in your cornstarch slurry and your yeah. gravy oh. situation is done. The gravy situation the is done. You've made it right there. You've done it. Wow. Okay, wait. Did you? Where did you say you bought it? Target. And it's 35 bucks. Do you know what it, what kind it is? Sorry. I think just did old Hamilton Beach. You know? That's it wasn't a, expensive. It wasn't fancy. It's a um, solid roaster, and they're going to be on sale. I know this because I am prepping a whole segment to do on Weekly Dish on uh, food things for Black Friday that are on sale. Oh, my gosh, you guys. The Hamilton Beach 22-quart roaster oven is $69.99 at Target right now. And it's going to be on sale during Black Friday. But you need it before so, then. Oh, so true. worth it. I will <laughs> always do my turkey that way now. I love it, love it Steve. Tip. A great tip. Thank you. <laughs> That's marvelous. Yeah. I think that's great. 651-641-1071 if you have any questions or comments. <clears throat> um, yeah, we have a lot of good stuff coming. Um, I think we had a question online that says, uh, well, our, our friend Fear Dumpster, I love her, sitting in the parking lot listening to us getting ready to pregame, literally, not for Turkey Day, but to pick up some long underwear and hand warmers for today's gopher game. I love it. <laughs> that's kind of a perfect, that's kind of what we're made for, you know? Pre-gaming in all the ways, basically. Yes, we're having like a big football moment today. Is tomorrow it? is a big Vikings game. Yeah, yes. I'm just, I, I felt like, do I have to start watching the Vikings because they're doing so well? Is no, that, does that you mean can that I have just to hop now? on the bandwagon at the very end like I, the I rest might just of the do people. That, like how it goes. Yeah. Um, can I have a question? Um, I did get a question actually uh, about non-alcoholic. Do you feel like... Do you feel like you have to have, and then I have a really interesting question sure. next segment uh, or next hour, but do you feel like you have to have non-alcoholic cocktail or can you just like have like, like Croix and all sorts of like sodas and me, stuff? Yeah. I think it shows a lot of care as the hostess for people's non-alcoholic situations mm-hmm. to have a mocktail of a sort made up. Okay. Um, and do you feel like that it's, um, do you feel that there's, do you have to, no. You know what I mean? Like, do you feel like you have to know if the people are non-drinkers at your table or not? No. You know because what I mean? One to of make the things, one? Yeah. One of the things you can do is you make this punch and then you're making it. You don't put the liquor in the punch. You leave the punch separate. And so you're then making each person's customized drink to their specifications. I think that's a good way to do that, too. And also, you guys, I, I little kids like to participate in like the toasting the fancy punch. and the fancy things. And so that is a way, too, that you can invite the kids into it. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I like that idea. All right, we do have a question. We have Lindsay on the line. Lindsay, are you there? Lindsay, you got a Hi, question Lindsay. about gravy? There you are. Lindsay. Lindsay. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's good. What can we do for you? So there's just going to be three of us, my mom and my husband and I, and my mom and I were trying to think of a way to do gravy with just doing a turkey breast. It's easy. Yeah. You just take whatever drippings you get and you won't get a lot, but you'll get some. Then you'll amend it with better than uh, broth, chicken broth and butter. Yeah. And you'll just make up a sauce. Yeah. Awesome. That's one better than out of the can. Yeah, yeah don't do it out of the can. It's you can not use, worth There's it. a bunch of, and I'm going to put up a recipe that has no drippings whatsoever, but it's made with beef stock and red wine, and yeah. it's delicious. Awesome. And I'll email you what I wish I could talk for hours with you ladies about is I went to New Orleans at the beginning of the month and ate my way through there. Oh, oh send yes. it, send it. We would like that. I Thank will. you. Please, everybody, try it. It's 
It's on the bucket list, trust me. We'll be right back.